are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Revivals, please, we're in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5 today. I began a few weeks ago trying to get us ready for 2020. Well, the truth is, I'm trying to get myself ready. I have such great needs in my life and desires in my life uh, to do things before God that would bring honor to His name. My wife knows this is true. I always begin January 1st, and I try to go as far into the year as possible. Sometimes I make it an hour without sinning, and I'm not trying to be flippant, without getting upset or becoming fearful or becoming frustrated or blowing the horn at somebody that doesn't drive the car right, you know. Uh, but um, I, I want to, by God's grace, this will begin not only a new year, but a new decade. I want for my life it to be the best for God. My wearisome days, sometimes it is with God's people. My most wearisome times in life are with me. I battle me. I get so disappointed in me. I believe that the Apostle Paul was the same way when he cried out, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul in Romans 7 said, I'm supposed to be doing this and I do this. I'm not supposed to be doing this and I'm doing this. Uh, he just, he, 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 he understood how weak we are, how frail we are. And today, I'm trying to do my best to get you and to get me ready for the upcoming year. A few weeks ago, I spoke to us on the subject being led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God wants to lead you in 2020. Don't make your own decisions. Well, I think... Well, I believe. Well, I think what I'm going to do is this. Well, I'm not. And we spin our lives from opposite being led by the Spirit of God. We notice then uh, the next message. We, uh, we're to, in 2020, make much of Jesus. Just make much of him. Uh, I was just reminded last week when I was speaking to you from Philippians how that in, in four books I read two weeks ago, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Galatians, four books, 20 chapters, 451 times he mentions Jesus Christ. He's in a jail. He's in a hole in the ground. And he says, for to me to live is Christ. Uh, may, may my life, may your life in 2020 be much of Jesus. He must increase. I must decrease. John 3, 30. 30. And then we saw last Sunday night that I introduced a a subject last Sunday night, really basically lift him up, step it up, lift him up. As, as we think about working for the Lord Jesus and as we feel as, see him as a warrior uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think we ought to have a war room of prayer and, and work at this thing of prayer and intercession and pleading with God on behalf of your mate and upon your children and your grandchildren. And perhaps this will be the year or the decade that God turns things around. And there are other things in that message, as you remember. 
today, I love so much the verse that we're in. And it will take me a few minutes to get introducing the message of the hour after I tell you the title. But I hope that you'll take even the introduction and say, I want this from my life. Chapter five of the book of Ephesians, verse number 17. I'd ask you to read our text verse with me today. And the latter part of the verse, especially is our text, Ephesians 5, 17. Are you ready? Begin. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. God, God has a will for your life. God has a will for my life. I want his will. I want to follow his will. My flesh doesn't always want to follow his will. Discouragement doesn't want to follow God's will. Uh, myself doesn't want to always follow God's will. But God has a will. What does he mean, the will of God? We say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed, squeezed into the mold of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect, what? Will of God. God has a will for your life. What do we mean by will? Well, the word the will of God simply means God has a plan. God has a purpose. Time out. Are you, am I fulfilling the purpose of God in your life? Am I fulfilling God's purpose in my life? The joy of pastoring the same church almost 44 years is a joy that few men will ever understand. It is a privilege. It's an honor to watch people's lives for over four decades. But it's also very discouraging. I read a book several years ago when the devil was camped on my step and saying, your ministry's over here after we moved in this building 14 years ago. It was too big for me, and I, I got so afraid and so overwhelmed. And I read a book, I should not have read it, but it was a book that another preacher gave me, and the preacher that's writing the book said, a man should never stay more than 20 years in his church. And I read that in a low moment, and he said, because it's too much discouragement, you're now dealing with the second generation. Well, I'm dealing with the third generation. And somewhere along the line, sometimes the first generation rebels and the second generation stays. Sometimes the second, first generation stays and the second or the third. You have to battle that. You say you'll have too many wounds. A preacher won't be able to preach as strong as he wants to preach because you've walked through the journey with people that have had their hearts broken. I can think of some subjects that I was, I still believe, and I preach about them from time to time, but they're so difficult to preach on because so many people have experienced that sorrow in their life. It's easier to preach on divorce when you don't have it, but it's sad and hard to preach on divorce when you see that people have been so wounded, they sit in God's house, 
It's easy to preach about the, uh, Luke 15, the prodigal son, and oh, thank God, and, and, but it's hard and difficult when you have so many prodigal sons. And if you don't believe you do, you ought to look at my prayer journal and see all the people that I'm praying that have walked away from God. It's easy to preach that heaven's a real place, God bless you. But then when I see the page and I'm not praying for them, but I looked at it again today, was reminded of all the people that have pastored, that sat where you're sitting, that have passed away, it's difficult. And I read that. You know, had I followed my flesh, I would have left out of the will, outside the will of God. God has a plan for my life. I don't know what it is. I don't know how my journey will end. It's in this next decade, perhaps. It might be a stroke or a heart attack, a car accident, a plane accident. It might be the way of the rapture. I don't know what God has planned. But I do know that right now the plan, the will of God in my life is to be faithful unto death. God's plan for my life is that I might finish my, joy, my course with joy. And I don't know about your, God's plan for your life, but so many of us think, okay, God's will, God's plan, and we get it so grandiose that we have to leave what we're doing for God because we think we're gonna take the next step up. When in reality, you're not ready for more will of God to fulfill what you know is the will of God. You're not in the will of God if you don't tithe. So why ask God for more will of God? Why don't we learn to obey the, the first one? We're not in the will of God if we are, are careless with the house of God. We're here, we're not here, we're here, we're not here. We're not ready for more will of God if we're in the orchestra or the choir or in the bus ministry or in this ministry or that ministry or the usher or the deacon or the pastor and we're not doing regularly and faithfully and consistently what we're supposed to be doing and we want more will of God. Uh, we're not in the will of God if we're creating division in the New Testament local church. I think I, I think I'd, I'd never stay in a church that doctrine or philosophy is wrong, but I would not leave because I'm not getting along with people. But all over America today, folks are sending the last Sunday in that church because they're mad at someone. And I'm mad at this singer, I'm mad at this Christian. God has a will for your life. Don't be seeking more will when you're not obeying the will you know you're supposed to be doing. That's a good place to amen. Discovering God's will, God's plan, God's purpose. I'm still in induction. I'll get to a short message in a minute. How do you know the will of God? How do you discover the will of God? One, by the word of God. Well, I wish I had time, but you may want to jot it in your mind. Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10, he makes his will known through the word of God. How do you know the will of God? Not only the, the, the word of God, but the house of God. Jesus gave us life for the church. This is not some careless place. Well, I'm gonna to go to the desert. I'm gonna to go to the woods. I'm gonna find the will of God. Uh, you'll also find the will of God in the house of God. That's why Isaiah told, uh, 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 told the man of God, Hezekiah, to get to the house of God and God revealed his will. The word of God, the house of God, 
a walk with God. If you don't have a walk with God, you'll never know, you'll never know the work of God in your life. You'll never know God's purpose in your life. Once again, I met Satan this morning. He battles me. But once again, I met God this morning. I met the Lord in the morning. The day was at its best. Do you walk with God? Do you know God? How do we find the will of God? Through the word of God, a walk with God, the house of God, the man of God. And when people call me a man of God, the older I become and the longer I, longer I pastor, I, I, I fear when I, I want to be a man of God. I, I'm supposed to be a man of God. I'm trying to be a man of God. My wife called me a man of God the other day. I thought, I, it's almost, I wish you would say that. And it's a respect and it's an honor. It's a privilege. That's what I want. But I feel I'm so short of being a man of God like I should be. And I guess I heard a preacher say one time years ago, the closer you get to God, the more the imperfections in your life you see. And I see some imperfections in my life and it wearies me out. I hope it's because I'm getting closer to him. I want to know the will of God. I want to find the will of God from the word of God, the house of God, a walk with God. I want to know from a man of God. I want to know from the peace of God. God will give you a peace. I've heard people go to the mission field and they had it all so, so great where they're at and yet they gave it up to go live in villages and in hard, difficult situations. But God's overwhelming peace. How do you know the will of God? By the path of God. Get on God's journey, not yours. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Get on the path of God. Don't seek to get God on your journey. You seek to get God, your life on God's journey. I pastor the, I say it all the time, but I believe it, the world's greatest church. I get so concerned when I see, I know you're not, I know you're not in God's will. You think you are, and I'm not so above you. You're smarter. I know all that stuff. Look, the guy has no idea how to use a computer. But I get so burdened, I said, no, I feel like God, please stop them. I think they're stepping out of the will of God. How do we know the will of God? Through the holiness of God. Brother Matt just sang about that holy name. Do you spend any time walking with God and praising his name and glorifying him? If I want the will of God, I'm gonna have to, God's the key, the will of God, I'm gonna have to get close to God. If I want to know the will of God, prayer with God, walking with God, praying to God. If I want to know the will of God, I have to be in the work of God. God always reveals his will to people that are doing. There are nine steps and I've tried to use these in my own personal life. He said, well, if you're supposed to be the man of God and you're wanting the will of God and you said the man of God, who do you go? I don't go to myself. But I would never make a major decision without 
seeking a man of God to help me. Some of those men of God are right in this very room, both as pastors and staff members and deacons and members of this church. Many times I won't tell anybody that I'm coming to them, I'm asking them something and they don't know that they're directing my path, but I'm listening very carefully. I believe in Titus chapter two, a man of God could be a woman of God. There are some things in my life where I would ask my wife and I would listen to her and she doesn't even always understand that she is the one advising me. On my phone right now, I asked a preacher a month ago, I said, I'll be calling you. I'm praying about something. And he said, he said, I won't tell you all he said, but I said, I have, to, I have to have some wisdom. I have to have some direction. And I don't believe I just call him and say, what do you think? I'm asking him to pray with me. I'm in my own life praying. I need him to help me. Sometimes those preachers, and I don't think anybody's older than me anymore as far as that I go to, I can't think of one. I've outlived them. So most of them are younger than I am. And I have to trust that they know God. I need the will of God in my life. Look what Ephesians 5 says, verse 17. Understanding. Uh, understanding is what to comprehend. When I understand something, I, I got to figure it out now. And God says, you don't move till you understand what the will of God is. There's so many things I want to buy around here. That corner building, that 555, that 545 on Eldo. And I drive by and I'm praying, oh God, please, please, will you give us these buildings? But if they offered them a small amount of money, let's say two, three, four million, which we really discounted. And if it was a miracle thing, I don't know if I'd still take it because I don't know if that's the will of God. I want the building. We need the building. We need the parking. We need the space. I want to know the will of God. That other property is just one, one, one little acre of land, 66,000 square feet of building. It's valued at $16 million. And a few years ago, a church came in and said, we'll give you 10 million. I'm so thankful I went to the deacons. You church had given me 38 deacons and I went to them. And for months and months we prayed and we talked about it and they were so eager to sell it. And we came as I listened to those men of God, at that point, the agreement that we need the money and it'd be great to be able to do other things God, at that point, we felt like God still gave us that building for a purpose. And they walked away from $10 million. It would have been nice to have it because perhaps it could have slept at night. When you are dependent upon an offering plate to keep a ministry going, it's easy to walk in the flesh and get fearful. Oh, I want you to know, friend, I need to know, I need to comprehend the will of the God, will of God, I need, and I'm not gonna go forward. A dear preacher friend wrote me two weeks ago and said, I wanna know what is your, what is your succession plan? 
I know why preachers write me that all the time. I don't like to talk about it often, though I do. I believe God has me here. I believe this is the moment for us. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not making a succession plan. God's people need to figure that out if I die. God's people need to know what step two is, but we're not at step two. We're at step one. And I need to comprehend. Comprehend, I must understand. This is the will of God. Now my message, and I have nine minutes left. I want you to turn with me to John chapter chapter number four, please. The, the, the will of God, some examples of what I talked about. Chapter four, examples of the will of God. The will of God always involves submission. Say it together with me. The will of God always, always encompasses what word? Submission, submission is a military term. It means to rank under. It means to put down your arms and quit fighting. You're not in the will of God if you're fighting your mate. You're not in the will of God if you're fighting the people of God. You're not in the will of God if you're fighting the, the pastors. I'm not suggesting the pastor's perfect. I, I, I'm, I'm against everything around here. You're not in the will of God. Don't, don't, don't take your mate. Don't take your children. Don't take yourself outside the will of God. Do you know that? You've comprehended this is God's will. It's not your flesh. It's not your fear. It's not your irritability. Notice what he says in submission here, John chapter 4. This is our Lord speaking, verse 34. Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Jesus is saying, my task, keep your hand there, please, if you will, I want to fulfill God's will, the Father's will. I am submitting not to my will, not my will be done. It's your will, God. Teenagers, you're, you're, you want more will of God. What do I do with my life? You're not ready if you're not submitting to your mother and father. The fifth commandment is still in the Bible, Exodus 20, verse number nine. Honor thy father and thy mother. If you're showing disrespect to your dad, disrespect for your mother, disrespect for the authority in your home, if you're, you're not obeying in the home, why are you seeking more will of God? Start by submitting yourself to your parents. God says in Ephesians 5, 21, submitting yourselves in the fear of God. If you're not in a position of submission, God's word says to a wife, submit yourself to your own husband as unto the Lord. You, 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 we may not like that word. We may fight that word all we want to. I didn't write the scripture. I just recite it. God says that is, I know that go over real well on CNN today. If I taught that women are supposed to submit themselves to the husbands in the Lord. But it's Bible. I know where to submit themselves to authority. Someone told me I saw that at a a coffee shop somewhere in the Midwest or East Coast, uh, police officers came in last week and 
they wrote on the, 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 the name of the person, the place, they wrote P-I-G, pig. And the two fellow police officers this week showed up at a, at a coffee shop and they said, we won't serve you, you're police officers. By the way, to be consistent, don't call them when a murder is coming into your house either. If you're gonna be consistent toward the pigs. God says I'm to submit to authority. Police officer pulls you over, says you're speeding. Don't fight it, say, well I wasn't. Yeah, but all the times you got away with it, you, uh, you deserve it. And so do I. So I find that as you turn to the book of Matthew chapter six, Examples of the will of God is submission. Examples of the will of God is surrender. We're surrendering my will to God's will. His way is the best. Verse number nine, after this manner, therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What's the next phrase, church family? Ready, begin. Thy will be done. We get to the point where we say, God, I just surrender. Whatever your will is. Whatever he wants for me, his will, his will I must do. Wherever he wants to send me, his will, his will I must do. If he but speaks, I'll obey at his voice. I've already decided his will is my choice. Whatever he wants for me, his will, his will I must do. We find that the will of God means that if I'm understanding the will of God, I will be submissive. I will be surrendered. A tent or a cottage, why should I care? They're building a palace for me over there. Whatever God's will is for my life, I would hope I want that for my life. Quickly, almost closing, I find an ax when you don't need to turn there for the sake of time. When I'm in the God's will, I'll be submissive. When I'm in God's will, I'll surrender. When I'm in God's will, I will suffer. Think it not strange concerning the fiery the fiery trial that shall try you. Acts chapter 20, Paul said, don't go, don't go to Jerusalem. He goes, not knowing what befall me there except bonds and afflictions are waiting for me. I know I'm going into the lion's den. And I'm willing to suffer. If God wants me to suffer, I, I don't know about it. I've not heard word other than someone told me, maybe my wife, I think someone told me that Brother Rick Martin, our missionary, has that, is it dungi, dungi again? Very painful. Many folks in humid third world countries, and he was nigh unto death a few months ago. He's had malaria five times. He's just an amazing man of God. I had some missionary letters that you cannot publish because they're in undisclosed countries, communist countries. And they said the communist 
follow us now. And we walk out of our buildings and the surveillance cameras and the communist soldiers will walk behind us and let us know they're there. People are suffering for the cause of Christ to be in the will of God. What do we do? Just let those countries go to hell without Christ. May I say today that the will of God means submission. The will of God means, thirdly, suffering. The will of God means surrender. The will of God means supplication. Jesus in Matthew 26 and verse 39 was in the garden and he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus was not trying to get out of Calvary because he knew for this cause came I into this world. But Jesus is sweating drops of blood in that garden. That is an indication there's dying going on when blood starts to seep out of your skin. And he said, I didn't come to die in this garden. I came to die on the cross. And if it be possible, let this cup of death in this garden pass for me because I want to come and die for the sins of the mankind. But nevertheless, God, if this is your will, if this is, Father, your will, thy will be done. And he was praying to the Father. If you're seeking the will of God, are you praying about it? It may take a day, it may take a month, it may take a year, it may take more than a year, but don't act upon something that you don't know is the will of God till you know it's the will of God. For me, it was pastoring. I was an assistant pastor for four years. Even in college, I sensed that God was calling me to pastor. And even in the assistant pastor, I sensed that God was calling, but I was too afraid. And I just knew that God had made a mistake. He, he wasn't calling me and I, I, I gave, I wasn't trying to be rebellious. I gave every argument. I was so grateful I just did not run into this thing. Because though the ministry is so wonderful, there are many days that are hard Days that you don't understand. How can this be? And it's knowing that I'm in the will of God can keep you going. Lastly, examples of the will of God is found in submission and surrender and suffering and supplication, but it's found in sadness. Luke chapter two, there's a woman in that story at the latter part of chapter two. Her name is Anna she was a widow for 84 years and she lived at the house of God and served at the house of God. I, I don't know what it is to be a widower. Most of you ladies don't know what it is to be a widow. Some do. I've never experienced that in life. And I'm not trying to get you depressed or discouraged. But you might have some sadness in your life. And that sadness in your life can cause you and force you to understand the will of God. I hope today that all of us have a great desire that I know that want to, will, want to know the will of God. 
I told the bus workers that I received a text from Brother Bobby Robertson's daughter, Molly. And Molly uh, was reading from her dad's large Bible one night. It was his evening Bible. He put it there by his recliner. There's two recliners in the living room, and he had a table there. And she said, I, I brought that with me as they, her dad passed away, Mother Pooh passed away, and they moved him out of the church parsonage. And she said, I'm reading from Daddy's Bible. And she goes, listen to the words he has underlined in chapter 143. Yesterday I told the bus workers, I went to further, after I read that chapter, I went to 45, 145. God gave me something for the bus workers my own life yesterday. But as I read in chapter 143, I don't think he had this one underlined, but maybe he did, maybe he did. I looked at verse 10. Teach me to do thy will. I want to do God's will. I know in doing God's will, sometimes you have to wait. I think of impetuous moments I've made through the years, particularly when I was younger. But as you get older, you can't make mistakes. You can't outlive them. As we get older in life, there's no more time to live through them and correct them. Somebody said, are you, are you interested in getting a loan for the church for something? I said, no, because I, I don't see that I've lived long enough to pay that loan. My prayer is that when my journey is done, and I hope it goes beyond the 50th year, and God knows all that, I don't want this church, the next generation, to owe a dime. I want the church to be so free that you can do more for God. I don't want one day when I get old and die, I don't want the next pastor to be strapped with the debt that I created. I want them to have the blessing of the buildings, the property, the buses, the computers, and all the things that we have done together. And so right now in my life more than ever, God, please teach me your will. I want your will, God. I want to know your plan. And as I close today, in 2020, we need to be led by the Spirit. We need to make much of Jesus. We need to involve ourselves as warriors of God and workers of God, as we saw last Sunday night. But in 2020, don't act until you know and you comprehend this is the will of God. Don't do it on your own whim. What I think, what I believe, well, it would be easier if I did this. I'd like it better if I did this. That's not the will of God. For the will of God for Jesus at the cross was not easy. It was the most difficult. Find the will of God. You say, well, I, I can't find it. Then if you haven't found it, you've not comprehended it. The will of God starts with salvation. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.